All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. I hate to break the fishing news up here, Amchuk, but I'd like to speak about the ice hockey. Congratulations, you're one of the 13 listeners of the Real Life Podcast. We just traded a migraine in for, like, an orgasm. Might want to mark that down. Yep. All of my projects are on schedule until they're not. A member of the Nation Network of Podcasts. About as funny as we're going to get today. Welcome in episode 183 of the Real Life Podcast. I'm Tyler Remchuk. Jay's here. Wanye's here. Bag Milk's here. No Chalmers yet, but as has become tradition, he will probably just pop in at like the 25-minute mark. Before we dig into a few things, and we got a list of topics here, need to let you know today's podcast, as always, is brought to you by the fine folks at Jappa Machinery. Jappa's fleet is ready for rental season. If you're looking for daily, weekly, monthly, whatever it is, earth-moving equipment rentals, Jappa has you covered. Their fleet includes excavators, wheel loaders, compaction and asphalt equipment. All machines are newer, cleaned, maintained, and supported by Jappa's top-notch service big shout out to the guys over or to the group over at Jap. i was talking to marin today she said things are going well there which is always good to hear chalmers has chimed in and said sorry boys lost track of time don't know what that means um but we'll bring in the members of the podcast who did remember what time it was bag milk jay wanye uh jay something exciting in your life i suppose i saw you sitting in the office at little brick it's back open it is back open we, uh, we reopened today. Uh, I got to shout out the Little Brick team because a lot of planning uh, goes into getting to, to this fine day. And uh, I just walked in about 30 minutes ago. And, uh, you know, every table that we, every patio table that we have out has uh, a couple people sitting at it. So it's, it's nice to see Little Brick come back to life. Are you in the office right now? I'm in the office right now. Oh, respect. It's weird. Eh? It's like going back in time. I know. It's like, yeah, it, 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 right now that I'm in it, it's like, well, I was just here yesterday, like working, and that was like eight or nine weeks but ago. But it's weird because everything, it, it's like we've quasi gone through like a Stargate and everything's like six weeks off, right? Yeah I, yeah. I was there like doing the yard up and whatnot. This is where I can help. 
I raked a bunch of shit up. And then I also, if you'll note, I painted all the picnic tables, Jay. Oh, that's like if that so is in some effort, eh? That looks fresh. Well, hey, yeah. it's it's, uh, it's a chance to be reborn. Yeah, no. It's, but it was uh, weird because like I walked into the office and sat down, and there was like I still had a beer glass there from March eighth or some shit. Like very strange time. Oh yeah, I got notes on here. If I'm like reading them, like oh my, oh oh shit, I forgot to do that. <laughs> Pandemic equals real? Question mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's good to see. And uh, with um, you know, with the social distancing and and kind of the the, the safety protocols we have in place. It's, you know, we got a little lineup coming out uh, around the corner, which is good to see. It's uh, weird as little bricks. spaced out. Oh, sorry, buddy. Go ahead. No, that's all good. Spaced out. We're just to give a little business update. Running a restaurant in 2020, we're like, okay, we want to be busy, but we don't want any customers. Correct? Yeah. yeah. We only have two tables inside our house with four seats total, right? Yeah. And that's awesome in our minds. Whereas if you told us that in January, you'd be like, why do we take all the tables out of the house? Yeah, and that was the end of Little Brick. And now we're trying to pivot, like half of Little Brick's revenue needs to come from not being a cafe. And it needs to be doing that by October 1st, by our estimation. Mm -hmm. So we're trying to use Little Brick as like infrastructure to change how we make money. Be it, we're talking with like Edmonton brands that need pickup spots. So they have some sort of company, they make something, food or whatever. They don't want people to come to their house to do pickups. We're trying to create an environment where we're doing that at Little Brick for four or five businesses and they pay us rent. Or we're trying, we're looking at a couple online things we're going to try and do under the guise of Little Brick to try and make it some money. But like, just because we're reopened doesn't mean we're like, ah, perfect. In fact, we're mildly concerned people are going there at all. Yeah, it's funny, right? Because all the ideas we have involved slamming as many people into the yard as we can but then you come to the epiphany that you can't do it so and just offering more stuff to and putting a focus on to go and take away stuff so stuff around picnics and all that fun stuff because the river valley in the summer is vast and ginormous and beautiful so we want to be the spot where you can come pick up some stuff or be the the patio that you come enjoy if uh, if we've got enough room for you so well, yeah, this is where like, we're having to like reimagine the business at its fundamental level, right? Yeah. We're like, what if our retail store, A, nobody wants to spend $15 on a candle holder or $100 on a gin set or whatever kind of hipster shit we were selling before? Does this need to be completely reimagined? So we rolled out a little grocery store. Mm-hmm. And we're like trying to like take our price points way down. It's a very strange time economically. And we're also selling four for here just to have all the world collide. We are a vendor of four packs of nation beer. So if you're in the area and looking wanting to pick up some nation beer, swing yeah. on down because we are uh, able to sell it like a liquor store. If you're a child attending virtual school, I'm doing homework out of the fireside room for people for $10 an hour. Yeah. Yeah. See? Come on down. Oh, Uncle Wanya, New... I'll do your chemistry for you. New streams of revenue is what's going to get us <laughs> through this. No problem. I was, uh, I was talking to my little cousin the other day, and this just relates to the homework comment. He's in grade 10, and uh, I don't know how he got onto the topic of like what he's studying in math, and he explained like the unit he was on when everything hit the pause sure. and they weren't allowed to go to school anymore. I would not. There is zero chance I pass a high school math class, like a grade 10 math class, zero chance. That shit, what is, I made what no is it, sense. What is it, like conics or something? Or what Radicals. Quadratics? 
I couldn't even tell you the word. That's how little it meant to me. He like explained everything. And I was like, I think I remember learning that. But if you would have sat a problem in front of me at that moment or at this moment right now, that could be a segment on the show. Your Rumtruck tries to solve grade eight, nine, and 10 math problems. I was terrible at math and I retained absolutely nothing I learned in high school. Steve, I was going to talk to a grade 10 when I was little. I thought if I didn't know how to do something in school, I was like fundamentally broken mentally, right? Like I would consider you, your Amtrak to be very above average for intelligence, Thank you. right? And the fact that you can't do grade 10 math has no bearing on your overall smart at all. You know what I mean? Yeah, like my ability to operate in the real world is in no way, shape or form hindered by the fact that I bear, the only reason I passed science 30, not even a specific science, I took the general one in grade 12 is because my girlfriend at the time took it a semester before me and all the quizzes were the same. So she yep. fed me the quiz answers and I knew them going into the quiz. So I'd get like 90s on every quiz. I'd always get a couple wrong intentionally. And then on the big test, I would get like a 50. And one day the teacher came up to me and he was like, Tyler, what's going on here, man? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I get nervous with big tests and uh, you know how it is. And you could tell he was like kind of on to me, but didn't want to like really drill down. He was like, all right, man, sounds good. Um, so that's my, that was my high school life right there. I actually think high school is way more difficult than university or college because you're still being forced to be so broad in what you have to learn about. So like, you have to do physics, you have to do chemistry, but you have to do like, once you get into university, you can chop out all the shit you hate yeah. and never look a science class in the eye again. I can remember getting university and being like, oh, I'm so happy. I'll never have to do sciences again. Kiss my ass. Science. So hard for me. Doesn't mean I'm an idiot. <laughs> I took broadcasting school. So the only tests we had were like, you know, an exam on how well you can ad lib where they just like would throw a topic at you and you'd have to talk about it for 60 seconds straight. Or like when you how, were in grade is your breathing. When you were in grade 11, 12, were you going to be a sports broadcaster? Oh yeah. I knew what I wanted to be. So you are 21. Yeah, I'm 22. So you went from sitting in grade 11, like Britney Spears and the hit me baby one more time video to being on TSN before your 21st birthday? I was on TSN full-time by the time I was 19. God damn your M-Chuck. If we don't give you enough credit on this show, <laughs> it's because we do, it's because we don't like you. But secondly, <laughs> we respect you. And I'd rather be respected than liked. That's fast, man. It's impressive. Yeah, like literally in high school, I would just scrape by in every single yeah. class. And then in English, I would get like, an 89 I'd be in like the 90s high 80s because I could just bullshit my way through an essay and like that was pretty much it for me in high school I, I imagine you sitting in class reading like a sporting news and the teacher being like Tyler listen you need to know science and you're like oh no I don't I remember huh? in uh grade 10 English I was sitting there bored of the lesson it was trade deadline day I think I've told this story before and I put my phone in my back pocket streaming uh trade center then I ran the headphone wire like through my hoodie so when i would mm. lean on my ear i could hear trade all right. center all day forgot to connect to wi-fi was on data racked up like 120 dollars in data overages that day but worth it now how the hell did you circumvent sports media so fast and go from being in high school to being lebron james in the draft um i don't know i well okay so when i was i started at nate like right when i was 18 and by that point, I was already like, I was hockey blogging for free. I would just like email websites and be like, will you put this on your website, please? And they'd be like, yeah, sure. Idiot giving us just, free content. Just to interrupt for a second, you told that story and instinctively I was like, what a loser. But I'm a hockey blogger. Continue. Yeah. And so I did that. Then I went to Nate and, you know, you just like go through the motions at Nate. They are, they offer you a chance to do like an after school radio show. 
So every Tuesday for two hours, I would go and talk about sports for two hours while 19 people listened on the internet for some reason. Um, And then from there, it was just like blogging more, blogging more. And then I got an internship at TSN because I was already working in the promotions department there, which was huge. How did you get into the promotions department? I applied online. And How did you I, know to apply? Th- like, that's just something radio kids kind of know to do. It's like, you know, if you want to get your foot in the door, you go work on the street team and hand out stickers at, like, Cash Draw Raceway for some event and for minimum wage. And you just do that for a few months. And I did that. And then I kind of heard that they needed someone to push buttons for Oil Kings games which is literally like sitting there waiting for the guy to say, we're going to commercial hitting commercial. And like, that's all you would do for three hours. Um, So I did that. I applied, got that. Um, Don't get good at that. That can be automated. Continue. Yeah, it could be automated very quickly. Um, So I did that. And then it came time for like my internship at Nate. So I went and emailed Matt. Iwanek, the assistant program director at TSN. And I was just like, you know, I really like pushing the buttons at oil Kings games. But if I don't get my internship with you guys, I'm going to have to quit. And he was like, ah, shit, we better give you an internship then. Because I think they just valued my ability to push buttons on a Saturday night for three hours. Um, so I did you my internship. Yeah. And then so I did my internship there for four months. It went really well. And then when it ended, they were just kind of like, ah, shit, you know, we don't really have a job for you. But like, can you just wait? They were like, basically told me don't take another job for a bit and just give us some time. And then by that point, they were ready to hire me on full time. And then within that point, I started emailing with a gentleman named Bagged Milk and ah. uh, started, you know, doing the Oil King stuff with you guys. And then I remember one day I wrote an article about Peter Shirelli on the website that I ran um, and Bagged Milk sent me the link, I think. And he was like, can you do this for us? And I was like, I would love to do it for you and not on the website that I just run by myself. And that's how I started writing about the Oilers for you guys. It's interesting. Very well done. Bravo. By the way. Thank you. What do you intend on being when all is said and done in all of this? What do you want to end up at? I don't know. Are you there already? I think I think I'm I think I'm where I like to be. Like I generally enjoy so audio funny. production. I generally enjoy writing about the Oilers. I enjoy talking about sports on a daily basis, which I get to do multiple times. So yeah, I think I think this is fine with me for now. Like I'm not like itching to like have bigger dreams at this moment because I kind of know like I'm lucky to be doing what I do right now. You want to make sure you blow your own social up more, right? So you can move around between opportunities and always bring that to the table. Yeah, I try to be like as active as I can be, but I think that's something that like the older guard in sports media to open up the conversation a bit, like doesn't really get yet. And it's slowly starting to change, but I just think like having debates with people on Twitter and sometimes I do go too far. I give into the trolls, I should say, but like, I love when someone DMs me a random question about the Oilers and is like, would this work? And it's just like, fuck yeah. Like, let's talk in my DMs for 20 to 25 minutes about general Oilers shit. Like, I love that part of it too, which is something yeah. I think a lot of old school media guys like see a DM and are like, fuck that. I'm not responding to Joe Hockey with 38 followers. Block. <laughs> yeah. Don't fight the trolls because they're too numerous. Um, to spin this conversation on to you guys, as we do on Mondays, we take listener questions from everyone and the one question that I've been putting off and I just haven't had a chance to get to for a few weeks which sort of I mean I just spent the last five minutes telling everyone my story of how I got to sitting in this chair doing the real life pod. It's all good I asked you directly the question so you weren't bragging I asked you. (laughs) Um, But we did get a DM a few weeks ago from Tim our German friend Tim Keller who's a big listener of the nation hope he's staying safe but he asked this one a few weeks ago and I want to throw it to you guys he says this for Jay and Wanye 
did you ever imagine the Nation Network becoming what it is today when you started it? Which is, I mean, another way to spin that is, what did you, what were like your highest expectations of what the Nation Network could be? And has it already like smashed those? What do you think the Nation Network is, your M. Chuck? Tell me what you think right now. Uh, a hockey media website, multifaceted podcasts, all that. Um, that's kind of like the voice of the fans is how I look at it. Like it, it, it gives a voice to people who are diehards of their team. And what about the rest of the sites and all that other shit? Well, I mean, and then, well, you got to, it branches off so quickly, right? It goes from being in a site where you can go read the Monday mailbag and Robin Brownlee and Jason Greger's like daily rantings to a place where you can buy sweet shirts that you know the team would never sell shirts like that. Like the one that says fucking phenomenal on it. Like the Oilers, as much as they've started to use that a little bit, they would never sell a shirt like that, which again, it's the merchandise for the fans. And then there's the beer, which is the internet in a can. And that always feels like the beer for the fans. And the trips are centered around the fans and being for the fans. And and that's kind of like the overwhelming theme I get. If I were to like remove myself from working for the nation and just look at his, look at it as an observer, it would be it's it's for the fans it's not necessarily going to be it's professional but it's uh, it's tough to almost put into words what i'm trying to say here where it's professional but you know you're going to get it real it's not watered down i guess is a good way to say it it's not corporate yeah. all right well the, the fun so to i guess there, there, there's a long answer to this question and thank you Tim. i love you so much i love all the <laughs> we have a podcast take all the time you need i can't wait for you and your crew from germany to come back and i will i will take you for that donair i let you down but we were having so much fun and we kept going to oodle noodle and i couldn't stop that because i just it was your idea and i loved it so we did it um so i i i think if you if uh, like when Wanya and I were sitting around the table planning out, you know, what was just then OilersNation.com, you know, and we we're trying to, you know, create the business plan in our minds, you know, the original goal of the first business plan, if that's what we want to call it, and correct me if I'm wrong, Wanya, was to do three things. And that was pay for our golf membership, buy a season ticket, and make a car payment for each of us. And booze. Oh, and oh, yeah, and, and and party for free, which is yeah, which is something we created when we did pub crawl. So that was something that we were going to weave into this. So that was that was the first phase. So that's how far we were thinking uh, at the beginning. But similar to kind of your Chuck, you know, we were younger uh, and kind of just looking to build something fun and exciting without realizing the opportunity that we were going to unlock uh, and. Uh, we got to work and kind of things kind of started moving and, you know, we were, we were hitting our goals in terms of, you know, being able to go to more Oilers games, you know, be able to finally, you know, finance a car and make a monthly car payment, which is uh, a hilarious dream to have uh, and kind of, you know, live the lifestyle, do a great partnership like we did with the pint uh, and have them come aboard and believe in a website when it really wasn't a, a, a website to believe in yet. Uh, I think we kind of got to that, that goal pretty quickly, all things considering, but then identifying, you know, that there was something more to do than just, you know, a one site company. Uh, so that, that would be kind of like the first iteration of that. Like we, we had a plan, we had a goal and that's what we, we thought if we could achieve that, 
like that that would be the craziest thing ever. And then we got there and then it's like, fuck yeah. Now let's see if we can go bigger. Well said, bravo. Well, thank, well, thank yeah. you. I remember writing a business plan in a little book I had for the nation and like before the cup run of 06. And I was like, oh man, I remember reading this this business magazine. It's like, you can own websites. And I was like, oh, for real? Like, I had no idea, right? And then I was like, oh, what would be an interesting website? And I obviously only love the Oilers. And I was like, it'd be really interesting to learn how to run a website, quote unquote, about the Oilers because it wouldn't feel like work. And I thought about it for a while and kind of looked at like, oh, you'd need to sell advertising. And I was like, how the hell do you sell advertising? So I was like, looking into it online and sure enough there were people who made a living selling advertising of those little squares on websites everyone ignores and i was like for real people actually make a living doing that and i didn't know anybody who did that but conceptually i was like well for sure people love the oilers and for sure we love the oilers me and jay so if we made a website that we loved as oilers fans chances are other people would love it too and then we were like, well, as Oilers fans, I would like to hear Robin Brownlee continue to write articles because he's an amazing writer about the Oilers and I've been reading them for 20 years. Or I would really like to hear Jason Greger before he had the drive time show. I remember Jay and I being like, that Jason Greger is some kind of reporter, isn't he? Remember Jay? We went out to uh, Century Grill with him. Yeah. The fanciest place we could think of. I had to ditch out on work. I had to like create some lie so I could leave and take a long lunch. I remember being like, wow, meeting. Century Grill. Wow, Jason Greger. We're really in the big time. Yeah. We were right. And then, uh, yeah, we we're just like, well, it might be really hard to make a living doing this. But conceptually, you could make in the short term, like enough money where if we could drink for free and go to Oilers games, that would be life changing. And I remember we got Hudson as our original sponsor. They they signed on as our off a of word doc off a of word doc yeah they yeah. were the title sponsor of Oilers Nation before it was even a website and we went in there because Yuzinski our boy back in the day I was involved in the brew house and I had Yuzinski down to the brew house before it was the brew house and he was like what are you gonna do with this place and I thought he was Bill Gates I thought he was the richest man in the world and I was like I don't know perhaps some sort of Canadian bar. And he was like, what do you mean a Canadian bar? And I'm like, well, how come there's Irish bars everywhere, but there's no Canadian bars? And I remember looking in his eyes as it registered, and I was like, oh, shit, he's going to steal it for sure and do way better than us. And then he started Hudson, and then we, they did the brew house, and then the pint came in. And then, so this was the payback. Remember, Jay? Yeah. I like, it's his fault that he, he stole the idea from us. Now we're going to settle the score. And we're like, please yeah. sponsor our hockey blog, please. Yeah. And then he did. We got like what five hundred bucks a month in free booze. Yeah, it was. Yeah, I, I thought that was like a million dollars gift cards. Gift cards. We'd always come and just spend in gift cards, and everyone fuck. All the staff hated us. Like, oh fuck, those guys the gift cards. Like it's all I got. Yeah, all we have. And then we would sit there and be like, you know, what we should do now that we're drinking for free and watching the Oilers. And then we planned it all out. And I think because the Oilers blessed us with garbage hockey for so long. It gave us the opportunity to focus on the business side of things because we weren't all we really wanted to do was ride the wave of fans and like the cup run and the roar of the fans winning every day. Shit, there's a party like that's what we wanted to do is just be fans. 
but there wasn't a lot to celebrate. So instead we bought 15 other websites. So did we think it would be big when we started it out? Well, I think everything's going to be huge eventually if you just keep working on it. But I would say within 36 months of launch, we were like, oh shit, we're the greatest thing that's ever happened to anything. Yeah, it moved, it moved, yeah, it moved fast. And that's why, yeah, then we, then we said, okay, well, let's go for it because we think we've unlocked uh, an opportunity here. And we bought hockey fights, hockey fights, daily face off, NHL numbers. Yeah. And that was like buying stuff that was already working and trying to figure out how to do it better, which was great. Daily face off is during the hockey season. I don't think I visit, oh, and I'm sure a lot of hockey fans are like this too. I don't think I visit a website more than I visit Daily Faceoff. Brock does such amazing shit. He's oh, amazing. He's a robot. He is. He's yeah, just he's, an absolute machine. Yeah, it's uh, it's insane. We're super fortunate to have him on the team. And uh, I'm we're super fortunate that he loves what he does too because, yeah. you know, he's got that motivation to be first to market and make DFO the powerful tool and heavily used tool that it is and uh that's one of the big when you talk about you know the nation network as a whole and we talk about you know big successes or home runs that we that we hit like dfo was uh played a huge part in our story of growth for sure and it's something that we refer to a lot in discussions as we kind of plan this thing out and you know you know because we're not done doing what we're doing so uh you know we're trying to bring more DFO type uh, transactions uh, under the banner uh, because that one had a huge impact on the business and allowed us. The big thing is it allowed us to grow and open more sites and hire more writers, which is what it's all about, right? Because we we want to generate as much content for the community as we can, and uh, doing things like DFO uh, unlock resources that allow us to do that. I think one thing that Jay and I have always done right, because we sort of don't really know a lot of business people, is we're always convinced we're usually pretty right. And we're like, we could do that. And even if we can't, we're like, oh, it's so easy. We always think it's so easy. It's never easy. And then we go the next thing. We're like, this is going to be so easy. Having learned nothing from the last 80 things that weren't easy. We're like, this one for sure is going to be easy. But the key is like at least being wired to like give it another shot, right? Mm Mm-hmm. We were talking recently about like what have we actually built? We we're kind of like trying to figure it out, and I think the idea that you described it as your M Chuck is perfectly what we. If you heard you how you described the nation at our inaugural meeting, that's how we described it. We're like, let's imagine it as a poker table, and around the poker table is all your buddies, and you're talking about the Oilers, and one of your buddies is a math nerd, and one of your buddies is Kevin Lowe's hairdresser's kid and has inside information. And one of your buddies is just a drunk mess and you go down the list. But the conversation around the table of everyone talking to each other, that's how we imagined Oilers Nation. So we're like, we have to get real reporters because we want to hear what they have to say, but we want to hear them have to say it to us at our website. And that was largely the recipe for success, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we kind of got, you got the history lesson on myself. We got the history lesson on Oilers Nation and begged milk has just been sitting idly by. So I've heard the story. I love this story. I feel like a young kid telling grandpa to tell one of his favorite stories again, but begged milk. Yeah. Do you remember, right. do you remember? Grandpa employs you and can fire you at any moment. You could just disappear from the whole thing. Not a problem. Yes. Grandpa. 
Uh, Bag Milk, do you remember the, your first contact with Oilers Nation and how did you grow into Bagged Milk, who is Bagged Milk today? King Milk. Yeah, King Milk. yeah, 100%. I remember um, it was probably 2008. I heard, I was listening to the Gregor show and I heard him mention OilersNation.com and I went and Googled it. Uh, I fucked up the website somehow. I don't know how I fucked up the website. But I Googled it, I found it, and then the first thing I remember seeing was Wanya used to do uh, paint pictures, <laughs> very Perez Hilton style images on the website. And I always thought that was hilarious. I thought it was something kind of like, uh, it was different. It was a different way about communicating the Oilers than what was being presented in newspapers. It was, it was, it was a for the fans, by the fans kind of vibe, and I really, that resonated with me, so... I remember that very specifically. And once I found it, I remember going back again and again because there was always new stuff up. No matter what time of year it was, there was always something going up. So that was really intriguing to me. As for being Bag Milk, I remember, I, I wish I could remember what my first name was on the site. I can't remember, but it wasn't Bag Milk. It was something like Oilers Guy or like, you know, How'd you covered come up in the oil name? or whatever. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it it probably would have been better in hindsight to stick with Oilers guy. But um, and then I started doing my own thing based on what the guys were doing at Oilers Nation. And I appreciate it. And I wanted to write about the Oilers myself. And I wanted to write about pop culture. And I wanted to write about music and shitty TV and all the other things that I love. And then eventually I got asked to do kind of like a weekly column once upon a time. It was called The Righteous Sack Beatings. It would go up on... Fridays, <laughs> righteous sack beating, and yeah. it was basically just like a uh, 500 word rant on things that were annoying, and then that kind of that turned into other opportunities for me. My first real kind of gig with the nation was running the Twitter account, and I remember Wanye and I went out for a drink. We were talking about it, and this is what the plan was going to be: let's add some personality into the social media. And then the lockout happened, so I had to come up with dumb shit to talk about for six months while there was no hockey, and as it turns out, that was very practical. Um, yeah. And then it just kind of grew from there. Uh, every opportunity they presented me, I kept saying yes. Um, I just wanted to be involved. I was tired of working in a cubicle job, and I would have done anything to get out of it. And six years ago and change now, I got the chance to do it full time. So it was a ride. I just remember my first initial thought to answer the question was that it was a different way of covering hockey. It was a different way of putting forth information that you couldn't get anywhere else. It was kind of like a podcast, but in text form because podcasts didn't exist yet, really. Mm. Um, It was a different way of talking about the Oilers than the very starchy kind of newspaper model that had always been there. But then at the same point, like Wanya and Jabo said, it was they had Brownlee there. They had Gregor there. So they had those guys there, but they also had lanes for fans who just wanted to make dumb jokes about the Oilers games. And that's kind of, in my opinion, what makes Oilers Nation work so well is that there are lanes for everybody. If you want a ridiculous fan voice and somebody who gets mad and screams about the Oilers, well, I'm there for you. But if you want to go into the history of the game and kind of take a walk down what it means to be an Oiler the history of the team and have it presented very well, Brownlee's there for you. If you want Gregor giving you inside knowledge and behind the scenes looks at how things happen, he's there for you. So the thing that's great about the website 
is you've got something for everybody. And I think that's really important. And it's fun seeing the commenters crossing over to authors maybe they don't like or they do like and mixing it up in the comment section. The whole thing was just a very intriguing sandbox of wonderfulness. And I was hooked from the first time I saw it. That's very nice of you. I remember talking to Gregor and when we pitched Gregor and he was like, I don't need anything from you guys. I'm the number one overnight show guy in town. And he literally said that. At the time, I was like, my stars. Think of all the people he's beating. There is nobody else doing overnight sports in town. But that's neither here nor there. And I remember saying to him, like, well, what's your plan? What do you want to do? And he's like, well, I'm going to be the number one radio guy in town. And I was like, well, why can't you be the number one red sports writer? And he's like, I can't. I can't work for the journal. And I was like, what if the journal won't be the number one sports thing to read? And I remember his eyes bugged out of his head. And then he worked with us. It was the best. His eyes bugged out of his head. <laughs> he was like, what? And I'm like, imagine a new thing came into the marketplace. Shown up. <laughs> you were, you're talking about Gregor's meeting with you guys. I remember my first meeting. I went to the Little Brick Cafe. And that's Bag Milk just texted me or emailed me. He was like, oh, come meet here. We'll talk more. And I stood outside and I didn't know which door to go in. So I probably stood outside for like four minutes just being like, what fucking door is this? What, this is just a cafe. Where do I go? Then I finally got the nerve to ask the, uh, the lady working behind the counter. I was like, I'm supposed to meet with Oilers Nation? Like what? And she was like, oh yeah, just right up those stairs in this old house. And it made very little sense to 19-year-old Uremchuk. I was awfully confused by the whole thing. Marvelous. <laughs> Uh, before we keep moving on here, need to let everyone know once again that today's podcast and every podcast is brought to you by the fine folks at JAPA. You can visit them, jappamachinery.com, or you can give them a call, 780-962-5272. Our other sponsor is Oodle Noodle. Uh, is there a new charity this week? Sure is. Uh, we're about to be dropping the video. It was just sent to me during the podcast, so I'll post it after, but, um, we're partnered up with uh, a very awesome charity that we've done some work with at Oilers Nation before, Sports Central. So this week, uh, 10% of our in-store sales will be going to support Sports Central. Their focus uh, right now is getting uh, bikes out. Um, so uh, I don't know if any, a lot of people know what Sports Central does, but they provide sports equipment for, uh, um, I guess, for former families in kind of less fortunate financial positions. So, uh, you know, they go through the agencies, they get referred over to Sports Central. Sports Central will size them up for whatever it is, whether it be hockey equipment, um, lacrosse, golf, skiing, doesn't matter, bikes especially. Uh, and uh, they'll get you sized up and uh, on your way. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they're helping. And they, they support a lot of kids get into sports that, that uh, without without them couldn't afford it. And some of the crazy success stories they used to provide, and there's a video we're going to launch uh, and, and share that they got done. They used to provide uh, soccer balls and shoes to Alfonso Davies. So Sports Central does a tremendous amount of stuff in the in the in the community for for sports and, and to get kids that can't uh, afford it into sports. And, Who's Alfonso uh, Davies? Oh are, my God! He's are like, you serious? He's are you serious? You Ramchuk? Are you serious? We ever thought about being being serious? Yes, I'm serious. Who's Alfonso Davies? Do you want to explain it to your Ramchuk? Alfonso Davies is quite possibly the most electrifying football player in the world. Soccer player, I should say. Playing with Bayern Munich in the Bundesliga. 
Um, he, over the last 18 months, like he's always been a big deal here because he came out of Edmonton. But over the last, he's from Edmonton. Yeah, yes. and now he's oh, playing. This is the dude who was at the Oilers game the one time. Yeah, you know <laughs> Germany's That's how I biggest. Remember him is the guy at the Oilers game. Germany's yeah. biggest sporting export is currently playing in Edmonton, and Edmonton's biggest sport export is currently playing in Germany. It's a great trade-off between no Dreisaitl and Alfonso Davies. Um, but yeah, yeah he's, that is cool. he's on so real he needs to go to Sports Central. It's, yeah, so they, he, he would get equipped and set up uh, with Sports Central. I even said they gave bikes. Like, so there's a uh, Sports Central. He did a video for Sports Central. Very gracious of him to do that. So we're going to post that and share that. But just shows kind of like the impact Sports Central has. Like, you know, Alfonso Davies was from a family that couldn't, uh, couldn't afford uh, certain things at that particular moment. And because of things like Sports Central, you know, they're the ones that set him up and to get him on his way to get started and look how far he's gone. And there's a few, there's a few other crazy stories like that um, as well. But uh, no, very good charity and uh, super pumped to be, uh, you know, as, as a kid that values, well, me as who values sports a lot. And I think it's important for, for kids to get into. It's a great charity to be involved with. That's crazy that if Sports Central didn't exist. He's the number one player in the world. Well, not number one player in the world. He's like probably he's the best up and coming player. Like his, I see. He yeah. is so the, what one of the most exciting in hockey. He is. Is he Leon? He might be the fastest player in in yeah. professional soccer right now. Like wow. that's the thing. He's got like crazy speed. So what happened is he, he so he, he was playing on the at the national level for us. He played for the Vancouver Whitecaps and Bayern Munich. Like bought. Uh, you know, soccer works, yeah. right? They bought him for like 10 or 12 or 14 million. He was playing million for the Whitecaps? Yeah, he was yeah. in the MLS from the time he was like 15. Oh, no yeah. way. Yeah. That's where soccer is weird. Like, you can be the fan of a regional team and see a really good player come through. And then eventually oh, yeah. your team or your club will just cash in on like $200 million and this player will go play somewhere else. Um, so is that a record for the MLS for for a purchase or a transfer fee? Ooh, no, I, I, no, I don't think so. I think there's been a few bigger ones. Um, but the interesting thing with Davies is that he went to Bayern, and I'm going to explain this in hockey terms because that's how my brain works. But he was like with their minor leagues, and when he went there, everyone was like, oh, man, he's going to two... Not everyone, but there were people I talked to who were like, oh, he's going to too big of a club. Like, it's going to take him so long just to like sort of crack the big club, never mind get minutes, never mind become a starter and now again, you flash forward so quick, and it's like he is the talk of that league right now. What he's doing, um, it's good stuff for a Canadian, for an Edmontonian as well. Um, but yeah, good shout for out, him. Shout out to our sponsor, Oodle Noodle. My dad texted me the other day and said, "Are you voicing Oodle Noodle commercials now?" And I said, "Yes, Dad, I am. Thanks for recognizing Ooh. my voice." And then he quickly <laughs> went. Do you have gift cards for me? And I said, No, I'm sorry, Dad. I don't have gift cards for you. <laughs> we could. We could, <laughs> Mr. Your M Chuck Senior, if you'd like us to. He doesn't listen to this podcast, but uh yeah, sure. Please send my dad gift cards because he was asking about it. <laughs> Bag milk, you're laughing. That's more of an Oilers Nation radio bit though, the fact that me and my dad don't speak very much. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. I didn't know that. Yeah, no, they don't <laughs> talk very much at all. It, it just makes me laugh, too, because I had a similar thing with my dad this week with Nation Beer. He came over. We were doing a little bit of landscaping in my yard, put some sod down, did all that. Nice. And then he came in the house. He's like, so uh, what's the deal with those Nation Beers? How many are you going to give me? So I just ended up giving him about, <laughs> you know, half a flat or whatever. And a I was fucking like, shakedown. Yeah, basically what it is is our dads are shaking us down here, I'm joking. Uh, my, I obviously wear a lot of nation gear. That's like number one in my closet. And whenever my dad sees me wearing a nice one, he'll always be like, 
get that one for me. Order that one for me. He asked me to order him an MVP dry settle shirt the other day too. And uh, when I moved out, like five, six days later, my mom came with a basket of laundry. I was like, you left all these clothes here. And like four of them were my dad's nation gear shirts. I was like, mom, those aren't mine. Those are your husband's. Um, so that was kind of funny. <laughs> Uh, infiltrated in the URM truck household. Yeah, you absolutely did. He's loving the golf deals too. I need to find time to take him out to Cougar Creek now because he's been really digging those. The one this week is, uh, or the one last week was Coal Creek as well, which is a beautiful course. So are those sold out? We yeah, talk about that. Let's talk uh, we, about still that. Have, we still have a few left. So yeah, yeah. so what we're doing is we're uh, like, talking about kind of the program a bit, Wanya. Yeah. Yeah, so we're, you know, it's, it's a pandemic, so it's a different world and kind of business <laughs> transacts a little bit different. It's a pandemic. Well, it is, but like, it, it, right? So like we're, you know, we always try to go to market and bring on good partners and good partners for us are, there's there always has to be some kind of reward for the community, whether it be discounts or give us stuff to give away uh, or give us something where we can go and get it as a deal for our community. Um, and you know, that's always kind of a pillar of when we bring on a part, uh, a partner onto the network. So, uh, this summer it's a little bit, you know, a little bit different just because of, you know, people's budgets are lower, but what's happening is we're working with these golf courses and they're coming and we're putting these packages together that are well below market, yeah. uh, to help, you know, make golf more affordable for the community and get them into some great partner courses, uh, like Cold Creek, uh, and Cougar Creek. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's been, it's been a win-win. We launched the Cougar Creek and they sold so fast, which is good. And it also helps us because there is a little bit like full disclosure is a little bit of a kickback for us for, for, for making that sale happen. And we appreciate the support of all that, but it's all under that kind of like wheel of, of, of winning, right? Getting a golf, partnering up with a golf course, getting awareness, then providing a crazy deal for our community. And then if something sells then you know, a, a portion comes to us and supports uh, our business. So it's kind of a, a, a win-win and we're working on other things to lump in. Like we did, um, what do we do with the, we did golf shirts with the Colt, with the Cougar Creek one. We're doing mystery tees this week. We're partnering up with one golf course. It's going to be coming up where they're going to be uh, with every uh, uh, package. There's going to be nation golf balls. Um, we're just having a lot of fun with it. And uh, the feedback from everyone, golf courses and the community has been very positive. So that's, that's something that uh, we're super happy to see. So thank you, I'm check for supporting it. Yeah, no, I thank you guys for offering that. Uh, like I'm sure a lot of people are in the same boat with money being tight with the pandemic and, you know, work not being as consistent as it might've been. It's, you know, having a good, cheap alternative to golf while knowing you're supporting really good local courses as well. Um, it's it. I think you're right. It's a win, 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 win for everyone kind of involved. Um, an idea I had before I took that ad read break was uh, we were talking about, you know, my first interaction with the nation, Bag Milks, how you guys started it. I want to throw that now to the listeners and you can hit us up. Instagram DMs are wide open. Twitter DMs are open or you can email me, Tyler at OilersNation.com. I want to know the listeners' first interactions with Oilers Nation. I want to know their first impressions of the site how they've watched it grow, maybe a best memory from Oilers Nation. Um, it, it doesn't need to be a review or anything like that. I, I just want to know like how people first kind of got in contact with the nation, how you met the nation sort of. So feel free, hit us up. My email's tyler at oilersnation.com. Hit up our Instagram DMs, Twitter DMs, and maybe on Thursday, that's what we can dig into. Although uh, at some point here in the next week or so, and this is something we teased last week, teased a bit on socials, but had to 
postpone it today. We're going to be having Brett Kissel on the podcast. Did you guys know that Brett Kissel, and I'm, I fully plan on this, I'm going to intro him to the podcast when he comes on, the Connor McDavid of country music. This guy has had songs on the radio since he was like 12 years old. Really? I didn't know that. Yeah, man. Like I was digging into him, doing some uh, pre-interview research as I do. Um, and yeah, like this guy has had a guitar in his hand since he was like six and he was like a huge deal in Alberta. I was talking, uh, at a bit of a backdoor visit with, or backyard visit. With <laughs> what? My, oh yeah. That's a, that's a <laughs> bad tongue slip because it was about to say a backyard visit with my family. Um, yeah. and, and my mom was like, I remember I had a, a CD <laughs> of his from when he was 15 and I was like, Holy oh shit. Like, so he kind of is like the Connor McDavid of country music, but, uh, we're going to have him on soon to talk about his concert series as well. Uh, chat I was about talking a to a friend of mine and she was like, oh, you're going to have breakfast on your show. Like, yeah. She goes, be careful. He's very charismatic. You might go all weird and Wanye over him. I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, he's very charismatic. There's a reason Jordan Everly thinks he's his real friend. Like, they're real boys, those guys. Be careful. Like, very charismatic friends of Jordan Everly. What would we have to talk about? <laughs> yeah, there's Maybe. a video that came out right after Everly got married. Uh, Brett Kessel was there, did Wagon Wheel up on stage with the boys. They're having a what? big old sing along. So here's a here's a real embarrassing fact: the week before Brett Kessel, hopefully, I couldn't name you a single song he's ever sang in his life. It's not how I get down, bro. I'm gangster rap for life. I bet you, I bet you though, you would have heard some of his music in passing because it, yeah. it does get a lot of airtime. Oh but, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. But what I love, most I know about, he's a huge star. I know, like, I recognize it on high. Oh, it's a big deal for me. This is like a crazy get because he's like a hilarious. Like he's a big music star, but like yeah. he is a fucking diehard Oilers fan. Well, and, I know, yeah. Like, remember when the mic died? I want to ask you if that's real. Remember that? That's what I, I want to ask you. That's on my agenda. It's I yeah, I, I've heard him talk about it before, and it, it, yeah. it, he, he made it seem like it was legit. So let's pretend I can pretend I'm going to be doing a hard copy, hard hitting interview all I like. If he's one tenth as charismatic as I'm led to believe, I'll be goo gooing by five seconds in. Well, it's yeah, like it's it's uh, like he was on Spit and Chicklets, and I he was he was Those and fuckers uh, got him first. Oh, that's I'm just fine. I'm that's just fine. Um, uh, but. Uh, I, I texted Bagmouth. I'm like, you gotta, you gotta plug his interview because he was defending and putting Edmonton on a pedestal. He was, yeah. yeah. Oh no, and See, so, it's starting already. I can already feel when, it. And when we did, when we had our, and, and we can't release the video unfortunately because it was sensitive, but you had to be there to see it. When we had our 10th anniversary video, he did one of the shoutouts for us. He was also the uh, the star of our annual April Fool's joke this past year. What? Where- yeah, yeah, we uh, we said that he was going to be uh, oh, yes, the I new broadcaster that. for a Oilers game. That was and actually good because yes, I've already fallen under his spell. I remember everything now. He retweeted it. He was playing along. Like yeah, we had no he, contact with him whatsoever on this. We just thought he, maybe he retweeted it. Yeah, yeah, and he said, "Yep, uh, I can't believe this one didn't make it out." Like he played along despite the fact that he had no idea that we were doing it. So I remember he came on the Oilers game and he was talking all nice, but during the play. But then the Oilers were just destroying whoever the hell they were playing. It was Predators, Nashville. Nashville. Well, the, yeah, they kept. Well, they kept like asking him questions during yeah. the play. Like oh, they kind yeah, of. Yeah. I'm like, what else is he supposed to do? But yeah, no, that was. But, uh, but the uh, Oilers were doing unreal while he was on. Because I remember I fell for that. That was the April Fool, as I always do. And I was like, oh shit, that'd be awesome. The Oil played so well that one game he was doing color. Yeah. Because we need to ask him about his unbeaten streak or so. He's got like some kind of streak too where he's appeared on the broadcast 
and the Oilers have scored more than seven goals each oh, time yeah. or something like I got to find yeah. out about this. I gotta put yeah, this in my report, yeah, yeah. That's Imagine great, he yeah. was the colored commentator and that was the record. If he can keep that up, yeah, fuck. we'll be undefeated. all right. Undefeated. Yeah. Mr. Cates will pay him everything. Everything. Oh. Hey, I watched, I'll tell you, speaking of Mr. Cates, I, I watched the GQ interview again with Connor and Wayne mm-hmm. late at night. You know how you do. But anyways, uh, they all called Mr. Cates, Mr. Cates, including Wayne Gretzky. Mm-hmm. Weird. Every time I've brought up Mr. Cates, I've called him Mr. Cates, and people go, why are you calling Mr. Cates? Because Connor McDavid and Wayne Gretzky do. Yeah, that's why. That's why. And you can tell, because they did the interview in St. Louis, that the GQ people like weren't impressed. Like They were impressed, but they were as impressed as if they were interviewing any other large celebrity, right? And Wayne and Connor were talking about how crazy Edmonton is for hockey and like how crazy it would be if people saw the two of them sitting together. And I was like, oh man, like if Connor McDavid and Wayne Gretzky just sat in the window of Roger's place, within an hour, there'd be 10,000 people out front. <laughs> Oh, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be like Bieber when <laughs> Bieber was eating breakfast at Blue Plate Diner. <laughs> Imagine how long it would take if they did an experiment and just yeah. didn't announce anything and just Wayne and Connor sat in that room with all the cups. Just enjoying oh, a nice latte from Little Brick Cafe. Oh. We would all break our quarantine and run there top speed exactly. just to watch them sit there and wait yeah. to us. I would touch everyone to see him. It was interesting in that interview, though, because he said, uh, uh, Connor said, what is it like to win in Edmonton? And Gretzky looked at him and goes, it's better than winning anywhere else ever would be. And you see, you see Connor go like, uh-huh, uh-huh. And that's why. There's a reason Edmonton fans, who are the most long-suffering fans, and take the most shit, and people dump on Edmonton and blah, blah, blah. There's a reason the hockey gods thought fit to give us Gretzky and Connor. And when you watch yeah. those guys be like, no better place to win. And he said, he's like, Reggie Jackson won three... Um, championships with the A's and won two with the Yankees, and he values the ones with the A's the most. Mm-hmm. And Connor was like, mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know what? When Wayne fucking Gretzky tells that to Connor, Connor's not leaving anytime soon, like all these little boo birds would have you believe. He's like, the greatest player of all time told me win is an oiler, and I'm already the captain of the Oilers. My plan is to win. I, I wonder if that answers Tim's question, Joe, in general. <laughs> do we have another question to answer yeah i was gonna say i think we i think we uh the 40 minutes we spent on tim's question great question timmy thanks buddy i'm happy we saved it for this week um i got another whole one in podcast. here you know what can we call this podcast in full name yeah hello tim no, uh, tim. Tim, tim keller Keller, that's his last name. Yeah, just call, just him, call him Tim Keller. Tim Keller, yeah. Tim Keller asked a question. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that name, actually. Um, Tim Keller asked a question. It shall be done. Okay, this one here, because we were talking about, uh, we've been doing a lot of talk, actually, about the don't air bracket and everything that's going on with that. Uh, Chris with a K on Instagram. Don't answer don't airs to this one, because I know you guys would love to answer don't airs, but I want, some, I want a different <laughs> flavor, if you want to call it that. What is your go-to hangover food? Now that, you know, things are starting to open up again, maybe you've been uh, going out or digging into the Wobblies a little bit more than you have been over the last few months, what's your go-to hangover food? Um, this is easy for me. Easy for you, bag milk? Yep, so 100%. Fo. Get a nice bowl of soup, get hydrated a little bit, get some salt yeah. back in your body, get a little bit of nourishment. Perfect for what ails you. Yeah, it's it's tough. A nice salty broth. Oh, yeah, no, that's... Mm. Uh, 
that it's tough to beat that for sure. That or just like I don't care, like McDonald's is fine. Sometimes just grease is good. Or yeah, a little bad, butter chicken. Know, all butter chicken. Bah for hangover brekkie though. Like but yeah, not for Brad. No, for yeah. brekkie it's yeah, or just like a really greasy brunch. True. Yeah, if you're for probably me, hungover. There's a two part day to this. You have yeah. something in the morning. And you go oh, yeah. always lie down <laughs> and wait for the angel of death to carry you away. And then if it doesn't, you go out around 4.45 and eat an early dinner that will put you out until Monday morning when you will rise again to face the week. For me, like I usually wake up and just drink water for like an hour and a half to two hours. Like I can't even stomach food if I'm super hungover. And then at about 11.30 noon, depending on when I wake up. I just go get the biggest burrito possible. I think we talked about this on Oilers Nation Radio, but I'm a big burrito guy, and to me, that is the like perfect hangover food. You get a bit of everything in there. I'm a big now. Your Amcock, listen here. There's a breakfast burrito now on the menu at Little Bricks. Oh, oh, it's brand new. We're going all mm. contactless now, right? So everything's yeah. like in a bag of some variety. Hopefully, you get that breakfast burrito as a burrito man, and you tell me what you think. It's pretty damn good. Can someone Ooh, drive yeah. one to St. Albert for me next time I'm hungover? Oh, Probably not. No, well, what, you only eat a burrito when you're hungover? No, actually, I will come try that. I'm a big breakfast burrito guy as well. I bought some that you can just, uh, they come like single packaged, and you're supposed to put them in the microwave, but I put them in my air fryer. Oh, that shit's good. What's an air fryer? You've never heard of an air fryer? Oh, they're yeah. good, Wanya. Or oh. Alfonso Davies. Homemade fries. <laughs> Homemade fries are where it's at in the air fryer. Yeah, I have Homemade been. Homemade fries? What? I've been living on my own now for about three weeks, and I've used my air fryer more than I've used my oven. Like, What does it do? Unreal. I don't understand. It cooks it like an oven, but much quicker, and you don't have to wait for it to like heat up and all that shit. It just cooks it with nothing but hot air. What? It's the how sun. is there a new... How on earth? Sometimes I don't feel like I'm of this world. How is there a new type of appliance that I haven't heard about? <laughs> I don't know a single person on earth who possesses one of I got the Ninja one from Costco. Um, should have gotten them to sponsor me new? before I said that. Is it innovation in desktop technology? It's not even that like innovative, but mine has like four. I can make beef jerky in mine. It has like a dehydrating setting. Um, That's not good news for the jerky industry, but all right. No, shout out to Will wow. Hawk, Trent and the boys. Um, wow. well, no I love Will Hawk. Their and their jerky is untouchable. Yeah. Yeah, you can never make that. But no, man. The oh, have, you tried their, have you tried their pepperoni? Oh, forget about it. They're ridiculous. Oh. And the garlic sausage. And then I also fried the pepperoni in with some pierogies. Oh, my God. Mm, forget about it. I had, forget one, of their, about uh, it. I had one of their garlic sausages a while ago, and I wrapped it in tinfoil, a little bit of butter, like a little bit of butter and some onions, threw that in the campfire, pulled that out. Oh, that's good living, gentlemen. We got to plug Wilhawk into Little Brick. Yeah, we should sell it out of here. People would love it there, and you can put it in the breakfast. Yeah, because they're so far. Like, they're out on the extremities, so it'd be good to have a central pickup point for them. Oh. oh. And you guys are doing, yeah. the, doing the Caesars there? Plop a little chunk of jerky in that there Caesar? Oh. Rather than buying a T-shirt in the store, wear a beef jerky shirt. Oh, you know what a good hangover cure is? A beef jerky. jerky. Oh, with a, with a, will, a piece of Wilhawk beef jerky in it? Yeah, oh, yeah. Thousand percent. Oh, and perfect. a blue Gatorade chaser. Yeah, uh, I love yeah. it. Uh, my cure for the hangover, your M check is a monkey blood transfusion. Okay. A monkey blood transfusion, where I go down to the zoo and switch my blood out with that of an ape. 
All right. And then suddenly I'm blessed with super strength. And I don't have a hangover anymore. And that ate uh, like shit because it is the blood of a man who was drinking all night. Mm-hmm. We share 86% of the same DNA. That's right. It's a shame Chalmers isn't here today because last episode was so heated and it's, it's had such so much chatter uh, on social after it. I loved it. I, I bet Chalmers also has wonderful hangover cures as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. like start drinking again and that's been his solution for 40 seconds. <laughs> it I, just I, reminds me of, a, I read, I love Rockstar biographies, so I read Slashes and his cure to a, a hangover was to leave himself a pre-mixed Jack and Coke on his on his night table. And when he would wake up in the morning, he would just down that baby back oh, on the horse. Geez. A warm Jack and Coke. A warm Jack and Coke. Say what you want about Chalmers. When he comes on the show, he has a star power. Oh, well, I love Chalmers is a, is, is a great addition to the team. He drives the play. I the fact he's interviewing Sam Gagne while driving around and talking live to Sam Gagne was not his priority. Yeah. Yeah. But then he also could like crank it up, crank it up, and just have like a normal conversation with Sam Gagne. Be like, "Oh, your dad builds rinks, hey? Let me tell you about my rinks, Sam Gagne." Yeah, no <laughs> shit, eh? Oh, let me just name drop Mike Kid, Mike Smith's kid name yeah. to you that you know that I know that you know that I know. But this is why he's good on the show. I stand by my human resources. I got Chalmers briefly on the happy hour on Friday. I, we got to get him more involved on that. Yeah, and then uh, what he said immediately was, I don't want to do this. Take your headphones back. Yeah, right. but, that's the, but that's what we wanted him to say. I wanted to bring up before uh, we wrap up. Well, I guess we should end You should let series. Chalmers, here's, if you want to get some feedback, you should let Chalmers do his own happy hours when he's happy. And be like, Chalmers, next time you're half in the bag, here's the login for Nation Insta. Do an Insta <laughs> live when you're there. It'd be amazing. Oh, he could be trusted. I, I, I want to share a message uh, that I got today uh, from a local Donair shop. I, I just want to talk about kind of the effects and kind of the momentum the Donair bracket is creating for the community, which is the uh, the main point of all this is to support our local Donair shop uh, in terms of the exercise of the Donair bracket. So this is from, uh, I got this DM today. It says, hey, man, just wanted to say we have a lot of people who mention you guys when they come into fire zone. I just wanted to say thank you. Pretty cool, eh? Firezone will be up later this week in the Goliath bracket. So I'm, I'm, I was super happy to hear that because that's it, when we talk in happy hours about kind of like why we're doing this. It's it's it's, it's a support local uh, a local business strategy to create awareness for those people and have people go have more donairs than they probably should during this time. Uh, so it's nice to see that it works. I'm also very proud of myself. Uh, for my uh, campaigning efforts last week, getting Mama involved and pushing her over the edge because we got her to the finals and the finals weren't looking too good when everything started. But uh, we got uh, we shared Mama's story with uh, with the public and she shot some videos with me. And man, uh, but I love seeing Mama on the Insta. That was pushed crazy. over the edge. Well, it's, and she limited. even said she's like, so many people are asking me about this boat you're doing. What is this? And I'm like, ah, <laughs> oh, yes, it's working, Mama. That's right, so, Mama. Yeah, it's good to see. So she's going to be in tough for uh, the finals, but we'll have to. I'll, I'll pull up because uh, I got the Burger Baron who's got some serious clout. So uh, we have to try to find a way to take take him down. Uh, I went out to. Uh, speaking of good uh, local foodies, I went to Yang Burger. Yeah, shout out Imad. Imad? Yeah, Imad. Yeah, I was talking to him, and it's funny because he's like, 
oh, you're that guy, the guy whose phone died on the podcast. I was like, yeah. He's like, <laughs> he goes, I heard you're an idea guy. And I was like, uh, he goes, give me an idea. Tell me what I should do in here to be busier. And I'm like, I looked around, I'm like, I don't know, like, put up something that is like old Oilers that people can take a picture with and put the Yegberger logo underneath it and everyone will take a photo with it. And he looked at me and he's like, you get your cheeseburger poutine for free. And I was like, thank you. <laughs> oh, that's all good. Emat's oh, yeah. good stuff, all man. Good. I love that guy. He was great oh, last week on the pod as well. If he does get an Instagram wall, shout out to myself for telling him. <laughs> yes. Um, Gabe, before we go, just a reminder, we are sponsored by the fine folks at Jappa. If you need some extra support getting your heavy equipment up and running this summer, give the fine folks at Jappa a call that number on their website, jappamachinery.com. And you know what? I plugged it earlier. I'll plug it again. Send us a message. Send me an email, tyler at oilersnation.com. How did you first meet the nation? What was your first encounter with Oilers Nation? What do you remember? Uh, send us some good Oilers Nation stories. Maybe we'll share them on the pod come Thursday. We're also going to have an interview with Brett Kissel coming up at some point in the next, hopefully, you know, 10, 14 days in that kind of range here. Uh, guys, thanks for your time as always. It's a shame Chalmers couldn't join in at all during this last hour, but I appreciate Not talking really. to you guys. Peace. Cool. Thanks, guys. See ya. Episode 183 of the Real Life Podcast is over. Great job on making it through the entire hour of the Real Life Podcast. Don't forget to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more, with Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com the number one financial destination.
yahoofinance.com.